Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. This show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its Soundness Initiative. This episode is also sponsored by the POCUA, a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement, as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. Always remember, if you aren't banking with a POCUA credit union, you're just working with an institution that just so happens to serve public safety professionals, and you deserve better. Hi, I'm Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio. Really happy to be here today because I am going to right a wrong. We are going into episode 14, and the one pillar of our soundness initiative we have not covered enough, in my mind, is the physical pillar, the health and fitness. And I have one of the best health and fitness experts that I've ever met. Had the pleasure of having him on Cool Culture Corner, one of my other podcasts, and he was really insightful. So I know he's going to be insightful today. His name is Nate Palmer. Nate, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Ken. I'm glad to be here. Super pumped uh, that we get to go live and talk about something that I'm super passionate about. Awesome, awesome, and I'm glad you're pumped too. Did you did you pump iron this morning, or did you run? What'd you do? Well, I don't know if you saw, but I just I was just doing like 150 push-ups on the ground, just like just getting ready for this. All right, uh, I did 150 push-ups in my mind. Does that count? That counts. Yeah, absolutely. All right, <laughs> and we'll go into that too. Yeah. Thanks, man. You're very kind. You know, to this old overweight man. <laughs> But I want to get into, because when we talked on Cool Culture Corner, one of the most poignant things that you mentioned was that your health and fitness regimen really, really needs to kind of match your career and your job. Um, and we're going to talk about that from a few different perspectives. But before I even get into that, tell our audience you know, your journey to be a health and fitness expert. How did you get to this space? Um, how did you become you know, not only physically fit, but be able to, to really help others in that area? Yeah, thanks for asking that. Sure. So my journey really started off, if I'm looking back like all the way, and you said we have like four or five hours to, to talk about this, so I'm just going to go sure, deep on it. Sure, sure. Yeah, we're going to have 18 episodes, you know, all broken <laughs> up. But, you know, we're just going to call it the Nate and Ken show. <laughs> hey, I'm in. Let's do it. But when I was 13, um, uh, someone broke into my house while I was the only one home alone there. So I remember like hiding out of the bed with a steak knife as some random stranger was pounding on the bedroom door of my childhood bedroom. And I just remember feeling so powerless and so weak at that moment. So I think that was really like kind of the spur. And I don't know if how many people can resonate with that, the feeling of trying to regain power, regain control in your life. And that's how, that's how physical fitness started off for me. It really, it really was this like search for like, hey, no one can hurt me if my meat suit is big enough. It's kind of how I thought about it, <laughs> right? Right. So, but then what, what happened was this transformation of like, of going to the gym and working out and, and thinking about nutrition and all these things over years and years and years and years and years built something that was even more uh, valuable to me than uh, a sweet set of muscles. But it was this idea that I, I can do anything that I want to do. I can put my mind to something and, and see results. I can, I can grind it out on things that aren't necessarily pleasant and like and do things that in the moment don't feel good for a later gain. And I think that's really been the biggest thing that's impacted my life, my career, just my outlook on, on everything at the moment is the idea that I know in my head that I can achieve what I want to because I have all those, 
all those like single sessions, those single exercises, those single workouts that I've, I've kind of built that, that like self-esteem bank. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. So like, so that's what I'm really passionate about now is giving back to entrepreneurs and people who are like, you know, working really hard in their profession, very passionate about what they do, helping them use physical fitness and nutrition as a force multiplier for their, for their own goals and desires. Because at the end of the day, fitness is awesome, but unless you're doing something with it, it's slightly meaningless, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I learned something new about you. I didn't know you had that unfortunate experience at 13. You know, it, it reminds me one of, one of my other gigs is I write for uh, podcast magazine for the true crime category. And I remember, I believe the podcast is 911 calls with the operator. I could have that wrong, but they told a story about an MMA fighter um where somebody broke into his house and i believe he had a wife and two kids and so he didn't have a weapon but as an mma guy he says all right i'm gonna take this guy on and from if i remember the story correctly he won but just barely this guy that broke in must have been on something or whatever but uh you know he had mentioned even with all of his trading he had one hell of a fight on his hands <laughs> yeah and you never know right but yeah and yeah. thankfully, thankfully he just stole some stuff. I think he stole a VCR. I'm dating, I'm dating myself now. So <laughs> some jewelry, but like, you know, everyone is unscathed. It just kind of, it's just one of those things that definitely lurks and lingers in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. All right. So sorry for going down that rabbit hole. I just thought that that was really, really interesting. And, and thank you for sharing that. So again, the last time that uh, I met you and we talked and we talked a couple of times, I was really intrigued with your approach to matching your health and fitness reg regimen, both your diet um, and your actual exercise to the career that you have. And although I know you work with a number of individuals, you've, you've worked with a few first responders. So obviously, you know, a health and fitness regimen for, say, a detective that has a desk job um, is going to be a lot different than, say, out here, Cal Fire, um, those professionals that, you know, all of a sudden at a moment's notice are working you know, days and days on a forest fire. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So one thing that I always try to keep in mind is it's called the, the SAID principle, S-A-I-D, which stands for specific adaptations to impose demands. So that means that if you are, if you're trying to be Michael Phelps and, and, you know, like win an Olympic medal for swimming, you shouldn't probably be spending a lot of time on the bike, right? Mm -hmm. If you're out fighting fires, you need to be adapting your training and your nutrition to be able to augment that and put yourself in the best position to get through an experience like that, you know, support the people around you, support the fire, the firefighters around you and, and put yourself in a position to win. If you're sitting at a desk all day, you know, either as a, as a tech employee or as an entrepreneur or as a detective, then you need to, you probably don't need quite as intensive as a physical regimen, nor do you need to eat quite the same way as someone who's out on their feet, like an ER nurse or fighting fires all day. Like, like, the, like some of these hot shots that we see right now, you know, who are, yeah fighting all the fires that are burning on the West Coast. Right, right. Well, let's, well, let's take some examples. Let's start uh, just because, unfortunately, it's, it's top of mind that, you know, we both live in California and there has been a number of fires. 
Um, and I will say, you know, here on Public Safety Talk Radio, which is owned by the POCUA, while we do have a special place in our heart for law enforcement, since that was our start, we love all first responders. And although we do like to joke sometimes that firefighters only work one out of every three days, <laughs> it is just a friendly joke, coupled with the fact that I, I know that once they have to get into action, whether it's a forest fire um, or say a three alarm fire in a building, um, they are busting their ass possibly more than any profession ever. So let's, let's take a few different professions. Let's say you, you are a firefighter that may have to go hours, maybe even days, you know, real heavy physical labor under real hot and rough conditions. How might your health and fitness regimen look to prepare for something like that? Well, you know, I think about two different things here. Number one, you have kind of that, that sprint, like go, let's go fast, let's lift something heavy, let's get out of harm's way yeah. that we need to train for. And then number two, we have the, like the grind, the slog, the endless walking, the digging, like the, the preparing your body and mind to be ready to, to work for an 18 hour, 20 hour day. So on one hand, you need to be focused really heavily on the like pretty grueling, like call them rucks or marches where you put a, like a weight vest on, put a backpack on something heavy and you just go grind it out, just go walk. And that's like, that could be an hour, two hours, even like three hours if you're really trying to prepare yourself well for the, the grueling nature of a wildland fire, uh, forest fire, something like that. On the other hand, we still need to make sure that we're prioritizing like top end strength and speed. So what we're talking about there is, is working like on our big compound movements in the gym. You're talking about deadlifts, squats, pull-ups, things like that, where you're actually lifting up something for three to five reps and really working on making sure that your, your strength and your ability to carry something, pick something up and move it around is top notch because that's a big part of the job as well. For, for me though, so like those, those are a couple of different ideas about that. But one exercise that really stands out to me for firefighting is the idea, it's called a farmer's walk or a farmer's carry. And this can be done with a variety of implements. So they make specific handles that allow you to basically put heavy weights in one hand and then the other and pick it up and just move it around. But also you can do this with a dumbbell, you can do this with a kettlebell. You could even do it with like a sandbag, grabbing it here, putting something on your shoulder. But the idea is carry something that's like your body weight or half your body weight in each hand and just carry it for like a hundred yards, set it down, rest and carry it back. Because that's some of the most functional full body strength that you can possibly develop. That's gonna serve you in a variety of situations. And it's one of my favorite things for what I call bulletproofing your body, mm -hmm. because you're talking like top to bottom, full body muscle recruitment, because you have to stabilize, you have to hold yourself strong. You have to make sure that you're fighting against gravity and against the weights. You get your grip strength in there, you get your trap and your neck strength in there. You get the, the ability to carry something without shifting your hips or hurting your low back. So a farmer's walk for a, fire, for a firefighter is one of my top exercises. Um, in addition to, you know, they call it the, fire, the fireman carry, right? Something mm -hmm. over the shoulder. And the one thing I like for that is a, a sandbag that you can weight up to like 100, 200 pounds. I sure. think that's a, a key implement. And what, what about the, uh, what about diet? Because that's interesting. One of the reasons other than the unfortunate forest fires that firefighting was on the top of mind 
for a very, very brief time, and I do want to stress a very brief time, less than a year in my early 20s, I trained to be a firefighter. And it was an interesting dynamic in that in doing some of these physical tests that I had to do, the individuals that were really, really muscle bound would do great at these weightlifting feats that they had you do, but did very poorly on the running and the agility and so forth. And then these other guys who were like super fast and able to, you know, get through these little crevices and so forth. Then they had to go to the weight portion and they literally, some of them couldn't lift their own body weight once on a bench press. And so they needed somebody that had some physical strength, but also had some agility. So where does diet kind of play into that a little bit? Well, with the kind of training that you're going to be doing as, as a, a firefighter, especially if you're going to be training for like a hotshot crew or like a wildland forest fighting crew, um, your, your training is grueling. It's, it's long, you're, you're strength training first, then you're doing your cardio, your rucks at the end. And so those are going to be very, very taxing sessions. So for most firefighters who are these young people who are training hard and, pre- and preparing their bodies and minds for these grueling expeditions, diet is not necessarily something that I harp on for them because they need to be eating a ton of food, yeah. <laughs> so many carbs to replenish their body and be, re- be ready there. Additionally, like if you eat a little bit more, you're going to gain a little bit more muscle. The more, the more muscle you have, the more it's going to protect your joints and stuff from like just day-to-day potential injuries. So the only thing that I would tell them, these guys, is, is we need to be eating, getting some greens in there. So, and then we're avoiding processed foods. So eating a ton of food doesn't mean crushing pizza, you know, but having I was just going to say, rice. I love pizza. Tell me I can eat pizza if I do that job. <laughs> For sure you can, like, but, it doesn't, but that's, not the, uh, that's not the post-workout snack every single day, right? We're still yeah. trying to stay with a whole food diet. The closer it gets to being coming from like an actual natural food source where you're like, I could tell that this was alive at some point. So we're talking about, you know, <laughs> fruits, vegetables, potatoes, oats, rice, you know, like grains, grains are fine. Uh, meats are fine. Getting some, getting, uh, making sure that you're prioritizing green vegetables just for the anti-inflammation and the, uh, like the vitamins and minerals that come into it. The word that really comes to mind when we're talking about people who are in, in professions where they're working their asses off uh, is nutritious nutritious. And we don't say that word very much right now. We talk about clean eating or, you know, clean versus dirty, whatever. We need to be focusing on high nutrient dense foods. So if you're looking at something and you're like nutrient dense foods are funny because it's like, if I spread out a big table of food, Ken, I'd be like, pick the nutrient dense foods. And I had like pizza and chicken wings and then like broccoli and like a steak. People are going to pretty much be able to identify like, okay, broccoli is good. The steak is good. Oatmeal is good. You know, we, we know intuitively what that is. Sure. Marketing sure. throws us off a little bit, but you know, most, most, of us, most of us get it. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. I had a filet mignon last night. Now I don't feel so bad <laughs> about, ah, my, about my choice. <laughs> Steak is awesome. Red meat's awesome, especially if you can get that grass-fed stuff. Yeah. Because, you're gonna have, because the, like, the vitamins and minerals in a steak, it takes so many cups of broccoli to equal the vitamins and minerals you get from a steak, and no one talks about this. Yeah. Um, to, to veer a little bit off topic here, one other way that to eat meat in a way that's um, sustainable and also gives you massive amounts of vitamins and minerals is organ meat. Liver, kidney, tripe, all of those are packed with, with a ton of vitamins and minerals. In fact, so much so that Inuits or like um, indigenous people up in like, the, like Alaska, the northern regions, 
sure. oftentimes feed the meat to the dogs and them, themselves eat the organ meat because it's very difficult to harvest fresh fruits and veggies up there. Interesting. Interesting. So, so when my mom forced me to eat my liver, she was doing something good for me. Doing you a big favor. I'll cool. Now a word from our sponsor, the Police Officers Credit Union Association. The POCUA can suggest a credit union that serves public safety professionals in practically every state in the country. One state we definitely have covered is California. The police credit union serves all law enforcement personnel and their civilian co-workers, including volunteers within California, employed by any municipal, county, state, or federal agency or special district. They also serve firefighters, EMTs, and court employees in nine counties within the state. The police credit union has proudly been serving first responders since 1953. For more information about the police credit union, go to thepolicecu.org or call 800-222-1391. To find an institution to serve you in any of the other 49 states, go to policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't banking with a POCUA credit union, you're just working with an institution that just so happens to serve public safety professionals and you deserve better. Well, let's, let's shift to an ER nurse uh, because right now, especially with COVID um, these folks and not just nurses, everybody that would work in an ER and in a hospital like that are, are spent. They're working 12 hour shifts. They're on their feet. They don't necessarily, in my mind, never having done the job. So I, I may be naive here, but what I can imagine is they're not lifting a whole heck of a lot, but they're always going and, and they're, they're really, really stressed. They're always on their feet. They really don't have much of a break. So how do you, how do you, how do you plan your health and, and, and fitness regimen to do that job at the optimum level? This is a great question. And a lot of the nurses that I talk to, they actually struggle with this because their jobs are so demanding where you'll work like three 12s in a row where the thing you want to do when you get off of work is not go do an hour long workout, right? It's Sleep. like that falls to the bit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, let's get home, rest and recover because like tomorrow's another one. So it, it all like, so a big part of this is planning your weeks out and making sure that you have enough re recovery time or are able to get in even just small little workouts here and there. And if we're, if we're, um, we're optimizing and if like, let's say, okay, nothing else on your to-do list. All you have to do is these three twelves in a week, no kids, no family, no other responsibilities. You can do whatever you want to. What I would do is I would have these nurses working on a ton of core stability and strength. Okay. That's going to be first and foremost, making sure that they don't take an injury, trying to move a heavy patient, trying to do something like when they're trying to do something fast because things get hectic in the ER, right? We also want to need to make sure we were working on physical and mental fatigue accumulation. So mm -hmm. making sure that we're being able to kind of practice like we play and ensuring that like a, a long day doesn't cause them to make mistakes mentally or physically because they're just running on empty. So a couple of things that I would focus on when we're doing a training is number one, everything we do, we do standing or, or like, uh, like a plank position. We don't do okay. anything seated because that's not how the job is, right? Mm -hmm. So no seated lat pull downs, no seated calf raises, none of that. We're getting on the Stairmaster and we're grinding out hard sets of, of cardio because we want to take our bodies to that like level eight, level nine, level 10 outside of our, outside of our work. So that way we can maintain that seven easily you know, and then we can manage those spikes. 
So again, taking ourselves to our limits when we're, when we're rested and our ability to recover. So that way we can play a little bit harder in the, in our jobs in the moment. Sure. So no, station, also do do it. no, no stationary bike for those gals and guys. <laughs> and obviously that's better than nothing. Right. So if you have right. a Peloton, you don't need to go sell it right now. And especially <laughs> if you love, if you love biking, great. But I want to make sure that like, you know, you're practicing being on your feet when you are training as well. So we just kind of make sure that that's a big, a big piece of the, of the training puzzle. We'd also be hammering core. Okay. And people think core, we think planks, we think sit-ups, right? We think abs. Okay. But the rectus abdominis, that's the, that's what we, that's the, the pretentious way of saying six pack Ken. Mm-hmm. So that's just one piece of our core. Yeah, core also includes our internal external obliques. It right. includes our, um, our, like the muscles that go along our spine and includes our transverse abdominis, which is the, it's like a girdle muscle that wraps all the way around our waist and holds everything tight. And in fact, the transverse might be one of the most important pieces of the core because it's the thing that stabilizes your spine when you're lifting, moving, loading, twisting, bending, doing all the things that ER nurses are doing on a daily basis. So we'd be hammering that from all different angles. So a lot of planks, and when planks are too easy, we add weight to them. Side planks, for sure, that's a, that's a clutch exercise that some of the world's foremost leading spinal researcher, Dr. Stuart McGill, recommends as one of his top three exercises, side planks, as well as doing different exercises like weightlifting exercises that are going to prioritize your core. So rather than maybe doing like a heavy deadlift like our firefighters are doing, right. which by the way, um, nurses should still do, still do deadlifts for sure, <laughs> but maybe focusing on a single leg deadlift, getting that balance, getting that cross-body coordination and yeah. just being able to translate power from the feet all the way to the upper body. Making sure that there are no weak links, especially from the rib cage to the hips. It's just so important for, for these ER nurses. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. So any, any um, ER professionals that have a Peloton that uh, after listening to Nate do want to sell it, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll take it off your hands for like 10 bucks. I'll even come over and I'll pick it up. How's that? You're um, so generous. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I roll. What a gentleman. <laughs> I, I try. Thanks for calling me out on that one. So any, in terms of the uh, diet, anything different from what you already mentioned that you'd suggest for uh, an ER or hospital professional? Yeah. First and foremost is have something available that you can just have on hand. So like pre-made protein shakes are so important for, for ER nurses because a lot of times it's like catered food comes in, will come into the office or come into the, the, uh, like into the ER or into the hospital. And it's just so easy to just grab that on the way. But most of the time, those aren't like the healthiest options that are going to give you optimal clarity of mind, uh, optimal uh, abilities in your body. So having like some, like an easy to drink protein shakes or like um, something you can grab real quick, like like little cut up carrots are, are an awesome way to make sure you stay fueled up for a long shift. So that's really, really important. Outside of that, um, really depending on the goals of the specific, the, the person in question, I like for um, when I was working a little bit more heavily with nurses and my mom's a labor and delivery nurse is I like to have a single day per week. That's a fasted day. Hmm. So it gives a little bit more flexibility in the moment when you are grabbing something off the catering table because you don't have time and you didn't prep because you worked 12 hours yesterday. So it, it's, I think of them as like a nutritional insurance policy. So like, let's say on like a single day of the week. And then some people prefer to do this. Some nurses prefer to do this on a work day. Some of them prefer to do it on an off day. It really depends on how you, how your body reacts to 
not like not eating for 24 hours? Are you, mm -hmm. do you get like completely brain dead and like no, low blood sugar or do you feel more on? So yeah. that's a, that's a definitely a personal thing, but I like to, let's say, Ken, we were going to, we were going to do a 24 hour fast tomorrow. So I would eat dinner early tonight. It's like 6 PM. And then I would not eat until dinner tomorrow, 7 PM. Mm -hmm. So I'd get 24 hours, but I would not spend an entire day without eating. Cause I think that can be a little bit um, hard on the brain. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, so it gives, gives more flexibility, but also enables you to, to negate some of the mediocre or poor choices that get made in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be forced to basically do the 24 hour thing tomorrow because I have a colonoscopy on Friday. So, <laughs> so I'm going to find out what it does to my brain after I, after I eat breakfast tomorrow and don't, then don't eat for 24 hours. So that'll be interesting. It's, I've awesome. never done it's that not before. that bad. <laughs> it's not bad. What you need to do is stay busy, stay busy, stay busy. Yeah. A ton of water. I don't know if you can have uh, tea or not, but like just having water and tea ha handy yeah. at all times is is perfect and if you, as long as you've got a stacked schedule you'll you'll might notice it but here's a here's another thing about being hungry ken is that like when we're when we're hungry from an evolutionary perspective like we didn't have refrigerators back in like the paleo era right so when no? we got hungry we'd go hunt right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it triggers this kind of fight or flight so i talked about the parasympathetic nervous system which is that's your rest and digest that's slow down that's what we want kind of after dinner Right. That's where we eat Chipotle burritos at dinner. And then we talk about <laughs> sympathetic nervous system. That's our fight or flight, but it kind of gets a bad rep because, you know, like this over here is extreme, but kind of being over here, it makes you a little bit more mentally, like mentally on. Right. It gives you a little bit more perception. It makes you able to move faster, think more clearly until you get to that kind of like hangry zone. So you can actually harness some of those feelings of hunger and put them towards your work and actually use them as a way to amplify what you're currently doing just reframe that sensation in your mind as energy rather than hunger. Interesting. So, so my plan of doing nothing but watching Netflix and drinking water tomorrow is not a good idea. No, you'll be very hungry by like 10 <laughs> Got it. Got it. All right. So, you know, you talked about fight or flight and that's a, a good segue to the last point. Uh, or last profession I want to cover, definitely last, but definitely not least, uh, is a police officer because their job on a particular day could be like 180 degrees different. They could have a day where they're in the car most of the day and there really isn't a lot of activity. And then they could have a high stress day where all of a sudden they got to chase somebody. Somebody's fighting them all of a sudden in a surprise. They got a domestic dispute. Um, or unfortunately in these days, they got to deal with the riot and they got to put the gear on. And now not only are they standing, but they're in high alert because they don't know what's going to happen, what's going to be thrown at them. So for a profession like a police officer, where frankly, you, you really don't know what your day is going to bring, you know, how do you train and, and how do you plan your diet for that? Great, great question. And police officers wear a ton of hats. So it's important to train in a variety of ways. So we had already mentioned for firefighters talking about kind of those longer training days to match the grind that they can deal with, but also the heavy, the heavy lifting to, to develop that raw strength. I think both of those are important for police officers with the, with the, like the long grind being more replaced for some um, running, because like you said, you don't know when you're going to have to actually like, like be boots on the ground, running after something, chasing something, running away. doesn't like whatever that, whatever that ends up looking like. 
Um, so you've got to have some sort of cardiovascular um, health, especially with running. So practice like you play. Again, the Peloton, sitting on a, sitting on a uh, recumbent bike, it's just not doing you any favors. It doesn't translate to, to, like, to a run. The other thing is, yeah, like, yes, I would love to have like a, like a kind of a 5K run in my program for police officers, but also we need to get those guys doing some hill sprints. Just A, mm. a increasing your cardiovascular capacity, B, taking yourself to that red line over and over and over again and teaching your body how to respond to it, and then C, just making sure that you can run those short sprints, those short bursts as needed, okay? Yeah. So that's like, from a cardio perspective, we need like 5Ks on a regular basis, and we need hill sprints on a, on a weekly basis as well. In the gym, we're talking about, you know, for, for most police officers, it doesn't need to be a crazy radical program. Any sort of body part split is fine. I think that just like a regular workout program that's like an upper, lower, like a push pull and a lower body day, three day a week is plenty. Hitting kind of a several different rep ranges. You wanna hit like a five rep range for strength, an eight to 12 rep range for, for a little bit more muscle building, and then a 15 to 20 rep range for muscular endurance. So you have the kind of a gamut, right? A lot of hats. We want a lot of we want a lot of different qualities trained, and then I have two other suggestions that I think are really important. Please. One is a hand to hand um, uh, combat skill like like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I think mm -hmm. that's that can be like very very important. Developing grip strength, developing kind of understanding how your body moves through space, and being able to actually um, you know restrain someone. And then the fourth one is some sort of meditation practice because we're mm -hmm. doing all these things in this going into that sympathetic nervous system state between our sprints and our runs and our workouts and our Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But also like, when do we take it down a notch and teach our body to, to recover and balance that out? Because like a police officer's job is not easy and not one that I would feel comfortable doing. It just, it's, there's so many things and so many variables and you don't know how people are gonna react. So you always have to be the calmest person in the room. Yeah. And if everything that you're doing is pushing you towards the sympathetic, uh, fight or flight, fight or flight, even if you're a generally calm person, everyone has a limit, right? Sure. So developing those, those habits and practices that allow you to always have the, like the most level head is just so important for your safety. So yeah. Yeah. That's four. Yeah. That, that is a, a good question to kind of close the, the loop on this is you talked about stress and all those professions, you know, even some of our public safety professionals, we really didn't mention whether they be uh, corrections officers or EMTs and so forth. All of these professions, I truly believe in 2020 um, are under more stress than they've ever been, whether it's COVID-19, unrest, uh, forest fires, um, hurricanes, you know, those, <laughs> we're, we're in hurricane season right now. I was just watching. I just thought we were in Jumanji underwater. season. Yeah, man. You know, it's like, you know, it's something out of the Bible, end of the world type stuff. I don't know. But, you know, all of these folks, you know, all of these, as I call them, heroes, are, are under possibly the most stress that they've ever had in their career. Yeah, Is there maybe, you know, one number one tip, whether it's uh, from an exercise routine, a diet, a meditation, something, is there possibly a number one tip to kind of mentally center yourself um, if you're in one of those professions? Yeah, I, and I think that like, number one, it comes back to your training, right? We wanna make sure that we've already practiced these things. Yeah. So meditation practice is, is great and is integral. And I, I brought it up for um, law enforcement officers, but I also think it can be so helpful for ER nurses to de-stress from hard days, right? My, my cousin is a, like a children's, like she works with children with cancer in, in Seattle. 
and like it's just a hard job that she sure. brings home all the time so having some sort of meditation practice for her really important firefighters for sure you spend 20 hours in a fight or flight response state your body is like is is not is not right you need to bring it back we need to bring it back to balance so that's really important but when you're in the moment when you're like when you're in the middle of something you get a quick respite between between like going from one fire to another between patients between um like calls whatever that looks like man the best thing you can do is just take like 10 deep breaths put your hands on your stomach and try to make sure you fill that out and it sounds maybe a little bit woo woo or like the meditation might sound a little bit like oh well just kind of some hippy dippy whatever but this stuff is actually scientifically proven to work and to help ground yourself help you think a little bit more clearly and give you a little bit more oxygen so that you're you're not thinking based on stress responses but you're thinking based on your own mental capacity and cognition so a few deep breaths it's so simple it's free right and it yeah. it works it it will it will bring you a little bit closer to that like that center that, that what you're normally used to operating at yeah yeah very simple but very valuable something you could do in a car or in a fire engine at a quick break in your locker room at a hospital that i think that's an awesome tip and yeah, a let's lot exhaust the free stuff first right before we yeah. go into like weird supplements right <laughs> yeah you know you don't need to go to uh gnc and uh and you know buy you know all the best equipment sometimes all you need to do is breathe and you know use some body resistance right, right. <laughs> you but you don't need to brew a whole pot of chamomile tea and lightning <laughs> incense you don't have just take to take a few breaths yeah you don't have to buy five pounds of soy all that other stuff um yeah, <laughs> yeah really really great insight i i always learn a lot when when i have the pleasure of speaking with you nate um last question i have for you for our public safety professionals out there in the audience that could really uh, use your brilliance and expertise? How can they tap into it? How can they find you out there? Uh, thanks for asking, Ken. Um, so right now, I think the best place to find me and interact with me is in my Facebook group called the Million Dollar Body Group. It's for a group of people who are just high performers looking to amplify their focus, their fitness, and their finances through uh, the power of exercise and nutrition. And you can get there by going to N, N like Nate, then the number eight, trainingsystems.com slash group n8 trainingsystems.com slash group will get you there and we have a ton of different resources in the group so if you're looking for a, a home body weight program because your gym is closed if you're looking for some nutritional guidance so because you're having a hard time uh, losing weight like i have all that stuff in there and i'm just happy to hook it up to any any of our first responders any of the people on the front line medically right now so yeah. i'd be more than happy to to set anyone up with whatever they need to move forward Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for offering that, you know, especially for, you know, all you public safety professionals out there. Uh, I'm assuming that if you want to get on the Facebook group and learn some things at three in the morning, you probably can do that with, with Nate's Facebook group. Uh, thank you so much for mentioning that. And just as important, thanks for spending some time with us today, man. Yeah, man. That, thanks a lot. This was a lot of fun. Talk to you, Ken. <laughs> always fun to talk to you it's been my pleasure to have you on and thank you to all of you that have either watched or listened to this latest episode of public safety talk radio and we will be back with you next week with another great episode take care
Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.